Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. One day we have to do a cut about all the ways we try and open the show that ultimately end up on the bottom of the cutting floor. A lot of work for you one day, Alex, but lads, we are oh, back. How are yeah. you? We are back. Pretty, back, back, yeah, pretty back. good. No, no, not a whole lot to complain yeah. about. That's good. That's cool, guys. I got a story approved that I have to write. So Mm -hmm. you're telling us just before the show. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, Mm. it is. It's about everyone's Mm. favorite player. I won't name him though. Brett Kulak. Yeah, Brett Kulak. It's actually uh, Jack Johnson and uh, Cody Cece, actually. Don't before, catch him in the same breath as Brad. He's a good analytical player. Sorry, like, good deal. Before we before we start, I read somewhere, I read a rumor that apparently Cody CC wants to play with Mike Matheson. No, right. I, I'm just gonna drop Let's that in this. there. I'm just gonna drop that in there. I'm not I'm not gonna comment on it. I'm just gonna drop that into the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Daniel, how are you? I'm good. You know, it's been a busy day. Um went for a walk before this, so I refreshed Beautiful. and you know, like I just haven't been sitting at the computer all day, so it felt pretty good to finally get up for a bit. Was that a Daniel walk where you're gone for like two hours or yeah. You know those walks. Yeah, I don't I don't walk. I don't walk. No. No. You don't see the beauties of Pickering? Man, don't no. There's nothing beautiful about Pickering. No. I, I don't know. There's like the um the wharf there. Because if I walk around I'll run into my neighbors and they all kind of suck, so what to say hey no they're nosy they're nosy but anyway um don't get a a townhouse people because they have the stupid committees and people think they're the biggest thing because they're head of some stupid townhouse committee this is getting deeply (laughs) personal way too quickly it is i'm good yeah guys i hate neighbors i hate them so much i want to be back in one but not jake neighbors prospect jake neighbors oh wow st louis Louis? yes Yeah. yeah cool we're going to talk about the World Juniors later in the show. Maybe Jake Neighbors is going to be part of that. I Maybe. Don't know. Um, but yeah, the World Juniors, that's going to be a thing, a talking point. Why not? Everyone loves the World Juniors. We'll talk about NHL 21. We'll talk about the Leafs. They were doing some stuff. The Blackhawks, too. They're kind of bad. Well, not really. Like, they're meh. They're mediocre. They're, you know, when you get the report card before and it just says, okay, or yeah. adequate, or adequate. Yeah. Well, it's called again i think that's a, a progress report yes yeah yeah like these improvement satis- your your attendance is satisfactory yes that is the word that's the keyword oh. their attendance their attendance in the playoffs is satisfactory yeah 
you know, I, I had a, I had a lot of S's and N's. I had a lot of satisfaction or yeah, need for That sounds like Adam. Or work to improve. I remember. Wow. I used to those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Jesus. I just wanted to, I just wanted to see if you'd hear me. Oh yeah. I heard you. All right. I have my headphones on for once. Uh, Jesus Christ. Got my Nordiques hat on lads. Let's, let's go. Here we go. What? That's not Montreal. No, it's not, not the Expos. What? No, same kind of color scheme, except more blue than red. We should really get going. We are doing right. for a limited time. We don't, we don't have that much to talk about, so we can be a bit looser. All right. Loose, loosey goosey. Want to talk about the Blackhawks first? Uh, sure. I All right. Mean, the Blackhawks have have made their rebuild official. They went the Rangers route of making a letter, writing an open letter to their fan base. And I could just, I know the show tweeted about it. On it. Was that you, Daniel, who made that tweet? Or was that Alex? That was me. Yeah, I tweeted out Jonathan Tate seeing this with a surprise Pikachu face. No one liked it. Thanks, guys. Um, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I will. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, you're too busy on the podcast app. But anyway, I mean, guys, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I can't help. We're not going to read it. You can go read it. Don't be lazy, people. That was really rude. I'm sorry. Um, we encourage everyone to read. You should always read. It's important. Um, like read Brian Burke's new book, Berkey's Law, Life and Hockey. I wish he sponsored this, but why not? This is the second time we mentioned it on the show, this book. Uh, no, I think it's the third time. Third time? Okay. And, and see, so you guys, when I think about Chicago and, and a rebuild here, I think, you know, if you had just committed to this retool, I would say, because like, Unless if you're trading Kane and Taves, and I think if you're not, then it's more of a retool. But if they had committed to a sort of a reset a few years ago, this wouldn't have been necessary. And I think they would have been contending again. It's it's not like they're barren. They've got prospects like Bodon, like Ian Mitchell, like Bodfist. And then like the guys up front, like Kubalik and Doc and Devrincat and them, like those aren't bad players. Do you know what would have fixed the rebuild? Or you know what would have like just stopped it in its track tracks um not trading artemi panarin <laughs> like legitimate question if the the blackhawks did not trade artemi panarin for brandon sod would they be in the situation they're in now i'm gonna have to agree with you alex because I think for two things, I think they went too much. Okay. This is one thing I kind of felt. This is a team that has been contending for so long. They never had a high draft pick or they kept trading their draft picks. And then they were literally gifted Artemi Panarin as an undrafted, uh, like entry level deal that they were able to get him for a reasonable cap. And this is a guy that's mentioned that in the past, he wanted to stay a Blackhawk. He even mentioned that he understood why he got traded because a lot of the playoff success was always with Brandon Saad, but you know, Artemi Panarin is a foundational piece that I think that I kind of have to agree that they really did waste away with that. Like after 2017, like you kind of saw that, that, you know, they, they didn't have another impact guy coming up. You know where I look on that lineup too? Everyone says, yo, Panarin. And rightfully so. He was a heart finalist this year. Though I look at the Blackhawks and I'm like, man, you guys could not just stop allowing scoring chances. And I think, Man, didn't Nick Yalmerson really help with that? And where's Connor Murphy? I always thought they panicked on that trade. That when they, when you looked at the cap comparisons, it's not a really big difference. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, the way they just kind of treated Nick Yalmerson like that, it was just, it's still shocked. Like, it, it was, it shocked me. The, so, uh, out of the guys that Adam mentioned, right? I think you mentioned Dembrinkat, Boakvist, Mitchell, and Bodan, right? Was there uh, another yeah. guy that another guy that you mentioned? Um, I think I no, I think that was it. I have other names, but like we all know about Doc and that. Go ahead, yeah. All those guys, with the exception of Adam Boakvist, who was selected in the with the eighth overall pick, Dembrinkat, 39th overall. Ian Mitchell, 57th overall. Bowden, 27th overall. So I, I don't really think, like, I think they can draft. Like, it seems like their draft record is is fine. I think they just made a lot of mistakes. Bringing back the boys, the old, the, the old boys club. Yes. They, yeah. Get the band back together. Not a, another big thing was, like, they got gifted Kubalik. Yeah. On a silver black. He just was like, have you ever heard of this guy? No. And if anyone has, I'm calling you a liar, except Jeff Merrick. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They still have the cast. I'm like, if you just get a couple like stable defensemen there, that like Jonas Brodeen would be perfect there. Too bad Minnesota's got that guy locked up. Because I think they could have yet divisional rival, but if I'm Minnesota and still trying to figure out what I'm doing, like man, Brodeen could have well, well, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, this is the big question I, I was thinking of earlier earlier today, right? Okay. Do you trade Kane and Taves? Can you? That you, is oh, you the can. first question. Uh, yeah. Let me just double check something here. Because if their salaries are high, I understand there's talent, but there's a lot of money that's going to have to be moved. Like, we think that we, we thought the the trade between Minnesota and the Islanders was going to be complicated, right? That was the, that was the whole uh, stop. The whole stopping point is that man, like money has to be moved both ways. Andrew Ladd was going like, there was a lot, it was complicated. We're talking about 10 and a half million dollars in, in, in cap. I understand the, the salary, like the salary here at 7 million this year, 6.9 for the next two years that's split between signing bonuses and base salary but that's still a lot of money to move mm. i think it could be moved it's it's just not going to be as simple as we might think mm-hmm. and i remember it was a uh, sorry go ahead. no no go ahead, go ahead go ahead i remember it was ray ferraro on overdrive he kind of mentioned it where the letter kind of does soften things a bit like the rangers did it when they want to do their rebuild and retool because they wanted to let the fans know what's kind of going on. So, you know, every kind of move they had in a way was justified, but he mentioned how, how do you sell to your season ticket holders that, Hey, we just traded Patrick Kane. We just traded a guy who, you know, was one of the key pieces that resurrected the franchise, a guy that is still even now considered one of the best. You can't. That's fair. No, no. (laughs) Is it easier to move Taves then? he's a centerman two-way guy like no i think i think they both have extremely similar impact and that's noticeable in the fact that they got identical contracts like literally to the dollar in signing bonuses and sal and salary identical right so 
I think it's hard to, if anything, I think if you move Taze, I think there's a bigger reaction in Chicago than there is if you move Kane. I, I, that's just my opinion. Really? Um, I just, I don't know, maybe because he's your captain and, and all that stuff, I just justifying that. Listen, it's extremely difficult to justify both of those to your fans. And I guess to answer, what was your question? If they should, is that can what? You, like, can you? If you want to take it, should go ahead. We, we they all have everything. no movement clauses, right? They do, but like, are we assuming that like that's not an issue, or are we? Gonna yeah, let's be- let's say that Jim Benning is like, yeah, sure, I'll make it work. The, Scott, by, by the way, I, Scotty like Bowman. So you mean Scotty, Scotty Bowman? No, Jim Ben. Like, no. Let's say in in a perfect trade scenario, Jim Benning is like, "Yo, I'll take on whatever like money, oh, like okay. trade protections, no thing." Um, yeah, nothing. It's okay. Bowman, oh, by the way, Scott oh. Scott was the coach. What did I say? You said Scotty Bowman. I apologize. I no meant worries. Stan and his son. Yeah. The um, guy who ruined the team. <laughs> he built. Oh yeah, he took it from Dale Talland and. You know, he had the success. It's just, it wasn't sustainable. Okay. So to answer your question, if they can, they can, is it the smartest decision uh, financially in terms of um, when we get butts back in seats? No. Should they? Should they is a different question to me because, because I think it depends on what route you want to go. Do you want to go down the, we're absolutely tearing this down and our core is Buckfist, our core is DeBrincat, our core is Kubalik, our core is Stroman, whoever they pick up, that's your core. Then yeah, go and get as many assets po- as possible there. But if you want to take a different approach, and I think Montreal... I think they're in more of a situation similar to Montreal than they are in New York because you have core guys in Montreal in Weber and Price. And in Chicago, you have core guys in uh, Taze, Kane, and Keith. I'm not going to – like, I'm sorry. I At the moment, I wouldn't include Seabrook. He might never play again either. Just because I don't know. Like, it seems like he's out for the rest of ever. He's getting ready to dress up as a ghost in a few weeks for Halloween. <laughs> right. That's what he is. When I when I look at New York, their core pieces that they had were not the same as Montreal, were not the same as Chicago. So I feel like New York was such a uh, an odd rebuild, but they did it, right? So I think it's more comparable to Montreal in this case and and if I'm Taze and Kane, I rather work with a retool because think about it. They have the guys. They have Kubalik. They have Debrinkat. They have Strom, Bachfist. You listed all the guys before. We don't have to go through them. Mm. I think in this case, you keep, in my opinion, you keep them and you retool. Mm-hmm. Daniel, I, I, I imagine it's difficult for you to willingly say trade, trade Taze because World junior gold medalist with Carey Price a few years ago. Of course, years yes. ago, more than a decade ago. Thirteen but, years ago, uh, two thousand seven. Thirteen years ago. Yeah. Wow. I know, right? Sorry, I just 
I just, I think I, I felt a few gray hairs coming there. But uh, <laughs> Daniel, what would you do? Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it? I think right? that, I don't know. The way is like, the way I see it is that, you know, the Rangers, no matter what they were going to do, it's the same thing, like not to the same extent, but it's the same as the Leafs. No matter what they're going to do, they're going to have butts in the seats, right? They're going to have people buying the merchandise. They're going to have people who want to kind of say like, hey, we're a f-. like, it's it's a weird thing where it's like, we know they're bad, but I'm still a fan kind of thing. Like, I think there's that mentality. Do you think so? I, th- I think so, because I look back to the early 2000s of the Rangers where, you know, Madison Square Garden was still having these packed seats for like a 43-year-old like Mark Messier. And the way I see the Blackhawks is I, I remember when they weren't contending, where they just got Kane, they just got Taves, and yeah. like the best player was Patrick Sharp. And I remember his stories talking about, hey, I had to sell tickets outside the arena or I had to go to these things to give out tickets so we could actually have enough people in right. the seats. And I think that Chicago's in a place where the, the, fa- the current fans now, the people that have made up the season ticket holders who have made up this whole fandom of like, you know, when Kane and Taves were emerging or like Keith and Seabrook is, are these people that are used to winning? They're used to seeing a product of, what's going to happen next? What are we going to see on the ice? Like, I don't think they're going to be as patient. Well, and they, they did still, they were still getting outdoor games. Like the, they were. The NHL were still recognizing the market and still saw how important it was. Mm-hmm. And but, I, I, sorry. Um, it just, can I just add one more thing? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And I think it's going to be different too. I think the retool has going to have, has to happen in, the different like in a different way for the Blackhawks because if you look at the Rangers too, they had expiring contracts they got assets for, like Ryan McDonough. Um, you know, yeah, they traded for Martin St. Louis, but at the same time too, like he retired. So you know, that's another shave off of things. Like they he traded Derek Stepan. They had all these other Matt guys. Yeah, Matt Zuccarello. Like they got all these guys off their books. Well, I think the Blackhawks they just really don't have that flexibility. See, the, the thing I look at is before they were successful, like you said, Patrick Sharp was selling tickets outside. What happens when they're not successful? Well, I, you're going to be bad at some point. No, I, I understand that. But you yeah. have ta- the argument I'm making is <clears throat> Taze and Kane are a representation of this past success in Chicago. And let's be honest, the majority of people who go into that stadium and are wearing jerseys are wearing Taze and Kane on the back. Mm -hmm. If you trade that, if you trade either both of them, hypothetically, does that change the fans view of the team? Because then they know it's going to be a rebuild. It's, it's a good question. It's a very good question. Because then, then I start thinking, right, okay, what's better for the team then? Is it, is it the sort of you keep the star power and, and the dollars they bring in and how important that is right now in the world? Yeah. Or is it the possible assets you might be able to get for Patrick Kane, who is a I think he's a top five player in the league. And Jonathan Taves, who I don't think there are many more impactful sentiment in the league than he. It's a Stan Bowman. I we've 
a lot of hockey people have given him a lot of crap, and I think rightfully so, but boy, is he in a real pickle right now. It's interesting. Oh, sorry. Go. And hey, just one more thing. And yeah. you also imagine how important and how much Chicago ownership might be involved in this. And for once, I don't think I would blame an ownership group for being involved heavily in hockey decisions right now. It's interesting. You talk about the the rebuild in, you know, it, it, it was reading over that letter, the thing they that br- they brought up that I thought was so interesting was it felt like they knew that going into next season, they're not going to be able to fill that arena. And that's why now is the best opportunity to rebuild. Say, let's get the worst out of the way, even though I don't think the first year of your rebuild is the worst. Um, I, I don't think that's true at all. But let's get one bad year of a rebuild. We can still fill the stadium to its it's whatever capacity, as long as it's not a hundred percent, you're probably still filling it. It makes sense. I guess. I don't know. Now the question I want to pose to both of you, because I've been thinking about this. If you're Chicago ownership, do you let Stan Bowman complete the rebuild? Oh, man. Daniel, do you want to tackle that first? Uh, It's pretty funny we keep bringing this up, but I'm going to use the Rangers example again. So it was Glenn Saylor who started the rebuild. And, you know, he was the guy who was like a longtime face, same thing as Stan Bowman, guy that's really known around the hockey community. And I think he won't. It's going to be kind of a reshuffling where they're not going to flat out fire him because he's just a known name that they're going to, try to reshovel him somewhere in management. Then you're like, Hey, this guy's coming up. So like, you know, it's the same thing with Jeff Gordon came in for the Rangers. And then he's a guy who's like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I've known the system for so long. We're committed to this rebuild and, you know, I'm, I'll deal with the heavy lifting, but I'll be the face of what's going to happen next, not of the old guard anymore. And Mm -hmm. I think at a coaching perspective, they talked about this before with Jeremy Colton in where he kind of represents something of a shift where, He's a young guy. He's someone that maybe he's going to ride the ship with uh, for now. But at the same time, I don't, I don't know. We, we just don't know how this is going to look like after that. I don't know if he's going to stay either. But for the Stan Bowman thing, I think he just gets reshuffled. But I don't trust him leading this. He's never kind of gone through something like this. He like Again, like we said, like he got the team from uh, Dale Talon after he drafted everybody. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to stay. I think if if there was, by the time they made the decision to finally rebuild, I think if he was going to be gone, he'd be gone already. Uh, I mean, we, we saw with the moment Buffalo sort of, you know, had some sort of disagreement, whatever, with what that team was going to do next. Same in with Ray Shiro in New Jersey, the guy was gone. And again, the, the Sabres did it probably at like the worst the pandemic's been. So I don't even think like the Chicago Blackhawks would have something. Oh, do you want to do this? Get rid of the guy in the midst of the pandemic? Like, no, man. Not. So I think if it was going to happen, it happened already. I think they're going to, they're going to, if I didn't mention the Montreal comparison, another one here, they're going to yeah. kind of allow Bowman, what Jeff Molson allowed Mark Bergevin to do to clean right. up his own mess. Man, only if there, only if there was a uh, draft wizard who just was on a broadcast or something. I don't know. 
I couldn't I couldn't oh. tell you. I couldn't tell you. Hmm. Poor, poor Mike Suda. Eat your heart out, man. Wow. Uh, Jesus. We uh I didn't think we were gonna send that with so much. Oh, can I add one point about this rebuild? Yeah, sure. I think I think it's really important, and I think this is something that a couple teams and and Toronto included missed the boat on um, when they did their rebuild. And I think Ottawa is kind of doing that now. And I'm going to steal this point from Eric Engels, um, who was on the SDP, talking about like leader about how leadership is an important point. And you mm-hmm. Ottawa just let Craig Anderson, Mark Boriecki, and um, Bobby Ryan all go. And someone else. I feel like I'm missing someone. They're the big names. Don't, the don't big names. Mm-hmm. Um, and they brought in Eric Goodbranson, Evgeny Dadanov, and Matt Murray. Not known leaders, right? Like maybe Eric, maybe, yeah. maybe Eric Goodbranson a bit. But for the most part, not known out there leaders. Who I couldn't... So in terms of Chicago... Maybe it's the best that they keep him because that leadership that they have, those three guys, um, Taze, Kane, and uh, Keith have, sh- most, most definitely should rub off on Debrinkat, Strom, and whoever else. And mm. if you lose, you end up with a little bit of what you have here in Toronto and that now you're kind of forced, not necessarily forced, but it'd be in your best interest to bring in more quote unquote leaders. Cause maybe it's something you lacked earlier on. Just want to throw that in there. I think, Hey, good point. Good discussion there, lads. I'll put a, I don't know, a gold hockey stick on that. Segment. I like it. It's two gold hockey sticks. Two. Why do you have to one up me? How'd you do that? Three gold. Two, hockey okay. Sticks. There's three, three representing the three of us. Like three Michelin steps. Yeah. Anyway, a good hire happened today. Seattle just seemed to be making good hire after good hire after good hire here. Um, they had a slew of them today, but we're going to focus on one. Former NHLer, um, most notably former Calgary Flavin. Just say it, say it, get it out the way. Get I didn't put way. that in there. I have no idea who did that. Leafs legend. <laughs> Honestly, I thought I had no idea. I promise I did not put that in the document. I didn't even realize I completely forgot his time with the Leafs, if I'm being honest. Really? I re- well, I was I re- extremely young. Like, let's okay. remember that. Yeah, did I was just starting my family. Maybe? Yeah. Um, I remember there was the argument where um, everyone thought he should have been captain, not Matt Sundin. I remember that was a thing in the on the playground. Right. Okay. The playground. Okay. Anyway. 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 <laughs> Former NHLer, most of the Calgary Flames, and noted yeah. fitness madman Gary Roberts. He's the the one uh, the hire we're focusing on has been hired by the Seattle Kraken to consult in key sports science and performance role. Now, why is this significant? Well. Gary Roberts has trained some pretty big names in the NHL. James yeah. Neal, I know that's not a very impressive one to start with, but with his <laughs> own, the real deal, James Neal, you may have heard a few of these guys. Steven Stamkos, yeah. a guy who has worked through blood clots, uh, a broken leg, and his career is still looking great and scores 40 goals. 
uh, Mark Scheifele, who is a noted, like, complete all-in hockey guy. He's freaky about his conditioning and the foods he's supposed to eat. Yeah. Back Pat- country, Gary Roberts. And, and somebody. And Patrick, made- Patrick Laine's center. Yeah, I'm just. Should, I- be center, should be center. And um, the guy who just rehabbed from basically only having one leg for a little bit there. Gary Roberts also trains Connor McDavid. Yeah. You, and, you forgot uh, another name. Him. Nazim Kadri. Really? Yeah. Anyone from Ontario, probably. Like, let's just categorize it as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anybody? Most people. Most any. Okay. Not any. Jamal Murray. No. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Don't. Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> well, this is um. If you're building a sort of staff with some specialty, you know, behind it. Yeah. It's not the worst i don't know i'm saying like that he's a fantastic hire and i wonder though what this does because like of course roberts has his own sort of business in that and you wonder is this going to affect his ability if he has some sort of clause in his contract where he can only sort of train kraken players i think it definitely does do you think they call you know how like it's like leafs have do you think they're like the tentacles of the Krakens is what they're called their players. And here comes yeah. the tentacle, the group of tentacles skating onto the ice. Look I at those. Think they'll tentacles. just call them Krakens. I know, but like the spices on. to the rum, I, know, I know, I know. It'd be much funner. Oh, more fun. On, that's not English. This the spices to the rum? What? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's what they're gonna call their players. The spices to the rum. Okay. The I'll, I'll go with that one. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. 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 Are calamari squid or octopus? I always get it mixed up. Octopi? I don't know, Adam. I'm sorry. What's the? Oh, I guess it's Seattle. No, because it's Seattle Kraken. It's not Krakens. So is Krakens yeah. the plural of Kraken? I have oh, no nigh. idea. I have crack a question. I have a, cra- I have a really important question for you guys. We'll talk about oh. Gary Roberts in a second. Okay. <laughs> so obviously, when you talk about fish, if you're oh. talking about a group of goldfish, it is the, the, you know, the plural is look at all those fish. Yeah. So if it is multiple species of fish, like if you see, I, I, I don't know, like other, like multiple things of fish. I don't know why I can't think of clownfish, whatever okay. Dory is. It is, it is referred to as fishes, right? Look at all those fishes over there. Sure. Now, if you see a group of Pikachu, you say, wow, look at all those, you know, look at that Pikachu. That's a cute Pokemon. And mm-hmm. now if you see multiple species of Pokemon, or is that is it Pokemon? Is it Pokemons? Is it look at all those Pokemons. pocket monsters? What is it? Pokemons? I would say Pokemons. Pokemon. I don't know. Is there a correct answer? Like, do you have the correct answer? Is that why you're bringing this up? No, I was just thinking about it. I think it's Pokemons, but what do uh, I don't know? I don't. Pokemons. Sure. Yeah. Pokemon. What, what, how does, how does Gary Roberts, what do you think he says it is, guys? I think he says it's Pokemons. I think it's Gary do, Robert. With an O, Poke, Pokemons, M-O-N-S. Yeah. Do you think Connor says Pokemons and then to piss him off, Gary goes, it's Pokemon. Like, just to get him going for the, for the training. He's like, probably. You're not the MVP. You're, you're not the MVP. Is Connor McDavid a noted not the, Pokemon he, fan? He yeah. goes, he goes, you're not the MVP of your own team. Those, and those he are just... the two things he does to, to make Connor go faster. He's he like, plays the soundbite of Alex going, you're not, he's not the MVP of his own <laughs> yeah. team. And then, and then it's like, 
it's it's Pokemons. That's what gets Connor McDavid. It's yeah. not that he's been disrespected. He plays for a terrible team. It's like he doesn't know the plural of Pokemon. Should we tell everyone what the idea we had this afternoon? No. Not sure. What okay. Okay. So I, <laughs> so Gary Roberts and Connor McDavid are like this, like they're close. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he's in Seattle, the um, he's gonna if they don't make the playoffs, he's gonna want to leave, and so and they're yeah. yeah, and so he's gonna leave. He's gonna waive his uh, no move clause, which I believe he has in his contract. And Seattle are going to take Connor McDavid, and they're going to lose him for zero. I, it's just a, it's a conspiracy theory here, but it might be onto something. It might be like the Tyler Toffoli signing when I called it that he was going to Montreal. Yeah, we could absolutely we have to be speak called. it into existence. You know who else is going to be exposed? He Adam said before, Stephen Stamkos. Probably. Uh, by the way, uh, yes, Connor doesn't have any trade protection until twenty two, twenty three. Oh, because of um, because of his age, I guess mm-hmm. he can't. Okay, but to go back on to Gary Rob, th- those are some radical ideas we have in this. I know How we're gonna have to, to Gary we're Roberts. Gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have you to know, remember it. Do you guys know the difference between a male and a female Pikachu? I have zero idea. A female Pikachu has a notch in her tail. Huh? That's very. That's good to know. I guess I'll. Uh, I'll store that one in the head in my head. I'll, just, I'll uh, take that. Yeah, I'll think. I remember that when I see them outside. Tomorrow. I'll put it in my pocket, and they'll come yes. out. It'll be useful eventually. Um, but I guess to go back on Gary Roberts, um, I, I listen. I don't think he's. My guess is if Seattle Kraken are smart, and I think they have some very smart individuals in there, like he's not going to be able to train anyone else. Like my. I, I believe he was offered positions in the past and he declined them. So then I'm thinking, what did this, what did Seattle, what made Seattle special? Because the same is with Barb Underhill, right? She's not technically contracted uh, under contract with anyone. I believe she was also offered um, to some teams as she was offered a contract from some teams. So obviously she declined. The only uh, thing I could think about is it's a clean slate that they could come in and, you know, create their own culture around their own department. They could kind of establish this is how things go. So that's the way I, this is how, like, I don't, I don't know. It's just what I kind of think that might be, that might be the excuse. Yeah. Money. Like, what if, what if, how about this? What if he, like his signing thing is like the condition is, he gets to design the mascot. Sorry, Gary Roberts gets yeah, to design. Wait, did it ask you, Adam? I I am still upset that I had no no contact was made for my design. I'll never get over that because I put a very hard 16 minutes into making that drawing. Copyright your Instagram post that they don't take it. How do you do that? Just put the C in a circle? <laughs> yeah. Like the date. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. I mean, if you have such a unique guy who trains the, the best players in the world, you're damn right you're going to – because then you can use that in, in, in leverage or negotiations. You know, whenever Sebastian Ajo was a free agent, you could say, Sebastian, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. We have Gary Roberts. I don't know if the Islanders are going to let him go. 
No, no, not 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 that one. Not not that one. Wait, not, sorry. I said Sebastian. Were you listening? No, I was just reading something about Gary Roberts on the Athletic. I, I wanted to make no. sure that I said so if Sebastian, whenever Sebastian oh. free agent, and then Daniel said the Islanders. Like no, oh. no <laughs> I don't think they're gonna give him up. Yeah, the good one, the one, the one who probably took a few million dollars off of Tony D'Angelo's deal when he undressed him in that elimination game. Thoughts on Gary Roberts or Pokemon? Why not? <laughs> no, Gary Roberts. Um, I'm happy to see him have this position. Um, Whitest name on the planet. Childhood, kind of like, you know, he's been a major childhood figure for me. Um, I always kind of remember him on Toronto, even though it was like the end of his career. Well, kind of. He went to Pittsburgh and Tampa after. But I just remember him being like, you know what he always reminded me of? So when Jonathan Taves was named captain, they always said like the pseudo captain of that team already was Duncan Keith. I always kind of saw that with the Leafs where Matt Sandin was the captain, but Gary Roberts was kind of like, you know, his like his go-to guy, the guy who was like his mentor in a way. So Robin to his Batman. Nah, it's more like Terry McGinnis, Batman, like in Batman Beyond. And then Gary Roberts was like Bruce Wayne. I was about to say maybe like even like Nightwing Dick Gason. Grayson, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, God, why did I mix that up? But uh, I, you know, I like I like the Batman Beyond to his Batman. Okay. And oh, then yeah. Alex like is that. like, "What are these two doing tonight?" <laughs> I'm an we're, we're, we're trying right. to stay culturally re- relevant. The very Alan to his Wally West. Yes, that one I understand. Yeah. The the Obi Wan to his Anakin. Yeah, what is it with Daniel and these Obi Wan Anakin <laughs> references? This is at least this. This is an, if not the second episode in a row. I watched the prequels again during uh, Thanksgiving long weekend. There we go. There yeah. we go. You were the chosen one. It said you would bring balance to the force. First, destroy the Sith, not join them. You were my brother, Anakin. I think this is the preview of the episode right I here. I loved you. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Really Anything. <laughs> I was gonna say. I don't know if you should be doing that right now. Adam, I feel like. Yeah, no, my mouse. I should stop. I know. Staring. It's really hurting. All right. Well. Okay. Overall, congrats, Gary. We love you. Yeah. And. All right. So, do you guys want to talk about NHL 21 or Doc Emmerich? Uh, Adam, which one? Where would uh, you like to start? I, I mean, to try and get serious, because I feel like we're gonna get a bit loosey goosey talking about NHL 21 because it's kind Absolutely. of bad. Yeah, disastrously bad. Uh, anyway. I felt that too when I played it. Stop yeah, it. get out of here. Um, I have a post from Sportsnet <laughs> here, and it's after three thousand seven hundred fifty professional and Olympic hockey games, one hundred different verbs used to describe a pass or shot, and twenty-two Stanley Cup Finals. The legendary Mike Doc Emmerich has announced his retirement from broadcasting. 47 seasons calling pro hockey, 45 game sevens, 22 Stanley Cup finals, 14 NHL All-Star games, six Olympic games, only one Doc Emmerich from Sportsnet. We lost Bob. I don't want to say we lost Bob Cole. Bob Cole retired last year. Um, not last year. It's still melding in. The 18-19 uh, season and here at the end of 1920, um, we lose his – lose. He's not dead. Um, his kind of, you could say, his American counterpart, 
mm-hmm. has retired. And this is um, you talk about Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks and their past success, right there making those amazing calls. That and in the NHL games for a long time. I was gonna Mark say, Herrick. I was gonna yeah. say, Mark Herrick was right there, lads. Anything Man. to say? I mean, I didn't. For me, I never got much exposure to Doc Emmerich just because the only time I really heard him was in NHL 20 or in the NHL video games. But if I ever did, it was still pretty, it was pretty damn good. And it, it definitely sucks. We're losing um, another really good broadcaster. Hits the, sorry, hits the pulse with the shot. It's, it's forever in my memories. Daniel, what about you? Probably like, Hockey is like the Amer- the voice of American hockey. You can yeah, argue. I got to actually grow up with him covering a lot of games because for me, you know, if you know, a lot of the times like Hockey Night in Canada or like TSN and Sportsnet, it was always kind of like, you know, the Eastern Conference. It was always like mostly the Leafs. And for me, you know, being a Mighty Ducks fan and all, like you know. Like you, you have to watch ESPN or you got to watch like other broadcasts to kind of show what the other kind of games are in the Western Conference. And for me, I really did grow up a lot with Doc Emmerich. I remember big thing for me was like when he kind of called that whole series when the Mighty Ducks kind of like they upset like the Dynasty Red Wings or even 2007 when the Ducks won the cup or like all those other games where it was kind of something that really was like he was always kind of the voice for things or a big thing for me was even though I was kind of upset with it like even covering you know or like following Paul Correa going from the Nashville Predators to the St. Louis Blues like to see him still play that was a big thing and like Doc Emmerich was always the voice for it so thank you Doc for making my childhood a fun one crying how dare you how freaking dare you uh though what do you what do you think is the American equivalent of Tim Hortons Dunkin' Donuts. Is he gonna it's start doing Starbucks? Dunkin'? Because well, you know how Bob Cole does those Tim Horton commercials nowadays. Mm-hmm. He does. Have I just not yeah, been watching so, TV? You know how? So there, there, there's this Tim Hortons commercial with these like little sticks. Okay. So they did this years ago for McDonald's too. I think. Yeah. And it's like these sticks for famous like I think it's yeah, yeah. players. Yes. I know because I, I I wasted a lot of money trying to get a carry price. I guess they're just not doing. Chocolates. I guess they're just not doing the the fantasy. Those are fun. Yeah. I remember um the tiny uh, awards you have. I have the Con Smythe. Really? Yeah, I remember those were fun. They have a lot of good stuff. Where where are my hockey trading cards? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's lads, not safe again. for us to trade, guys. Uh, just sanitize the cards before. <laughs> uh, Bo guys, again, congratulations to Doc. I'm sure Eddie's gonna miss you too. Even though he'll probably get hired because analysts getting hired apparently is like on a thing in this league. We'll talk about NHL 21 for a bit, the newest uh, addition to EA's video <laughs> games. See, you know what? What always disappoints me about EA is all of their covers are kind of the same. Like all of them have that weird white sort of background for like FIFA or whatever. What I have in my notes here is, and I told the, I told you this as well, Alex. NHL 21, two steps forward, one step back. This is a mini review, and I'm sure Daniel, you haven't bought it yet, have you? Kind of waiting for the sale. Like after you guys kind of told me about it, I'm like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm just gonna wait. And I think this is gonna be the title of the episode. We'll figure it out at the end of the show. EA Sports. It's not in the game. 
You know what is in the game still, though, Alex? Roster updates that are like three days after pre-order launch. Yeah. I love how, like, you, you think about it. Austin Matthews, it took them two, three years to make him a sniper from a playmaker. Guy scores 40 goals his first year. Whatever. What else? Okay, let's think about this. Jeff Petrie is a defensive defenseman. He had the most turnovers last year for defensemen. Just want to point that out. Okay. Drew Doughty is like a top five defenseman in that game still. I'm convinced they don't watch hockey. It's the only <laughs> goalie prospects that ever get any improvement are Thatcher Demko and Jonas Korpisalo. Because coincidentally, the developers are in Vancouver. They did my guy Elvis dirty. Did they? I haven't even looked. Yeah, at he's him. eighty. They're both eighty-four overall. Okay, I think that's fair. Because First, higher goalies don't normally do well. Yeah. Well, not in this game. Apparently, not in this game. You know, my Carey Price, I finished my first year of Montreal, nine twenty save percentage, but he played like seventy games. I'm like, what the hell? How? Okay, I love Timothy Lilligren. He's played one NHL game. Clearly, he's not maybe not the defenseman he used he's expected to be. He is still a medium elite potential and always has a large amount of trade value. Why? <laughs> I'm convinced they don't do anything. Like, that's just the start of it. That's just the start of it. The game, you, okay, so maybe I I don't really understand how you say, okay, here's the pre-order three days before everyone else. And there's so many glitches. What's, like, what are you doing beforehand? And a lot of people may be saying, Lash, there's a pandemic here. What's the deal if the potentials are wrong? Well, Loyal listeners, normally I would have that mindset. Like there's a pandemic. Though the issue comes with like since NHL 15 ported over the next gen, the past five seasons of hockey games have been playing catch up to NHL 15 on old generation or NHL 14. You could kind of say 14 was 13 were amazing. Yeah, and then it's the ones I actually bought. Mm-hmm. And like. I understand they have a smaller development team, but the guys, um, the bar down crew had a really, really good point. The issue becomes is when you charge $79.99 for a game, and it's like, I was thinking about it, why do I buy this game every year when it really is like starting your franchise mode in year two? That's what it, it's like, seriously, just going forward a year, starting sooner, and you're like, oh, hopefully they can update the rosters, they don't. Like, come on, how hard is it to kind of tell what type of defenseman this guy plays as? Like, you're telling me you could never just, like, paid an intern, like, gotten an intern or something to be like, yo, you, figure out what kind of player Drew Doughty is. It's not hard. I don't know. You know, it's pretty surprising for me to hear this because I have a lot of friends who have been so loyal to 2K, and then they felt the same way the past few years that it's just a money grab now. And then you're the two guys that have been my most consistent in my life that I've always bought NHL. And then you're kind of saying the same thing now too. But you know what the thing is though, is 
I, I think Adam's right in saying two steps forward, one step back. Like, I think they made some pretty, pretty nice additions to the game. I, I, Adam, I don't know if you've got to kind of play around with the trade deadline uh, mini game. Like, I think it's enjoyable. I think it could, I guess, be a little bit better. Um, you know, there's a glitch in it where every time a trade happens, you get b- put back to the beginning of the list. Oh. Um, which, which is really annoying. The um, menus are still lagging. Yeah, like I don't know if that's a patch thing or if they just if it's just like this the entire year. I'm gonna get you like I'm already used to it, but that's I shouldn't be. Um, they added the kind of story-ish mode, not really, but story-ish mode to be a pro, which is really cool, right? Like you can buy stuff like a car or whatever. Um, there's more interactives between like you and other players and coaches and media members, which is cool. But number one, it gets a little repetitive. And, and obviously, like, I don't think it's going to be perfect. Um, I, I think even in NBA, you might have that same issue as well. But if you're garbage and let's say you go right to the NHL, right? Like I'm using, I did it. I tried it myself. I'm a left winger, 68 overall. I didn't do the draft. I just went, I didn't do CHL or Europe. I went right to the league. I picked the Leafs. I simmed through preseason just to see what would happen because I didn't see any AHL options. I'm a healthy scratch, uh, like 18 years old, 68 overall. I'm a healthy scratch. They got rid, they got completely got rid of of uh, go, being sent down and you can't play a full season in the CHL, which they used to have. And I used to do it all the, like literally I'd start in the CHL and that's, I play the full season. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, great. You added these great things, but you also remove things that were like integral to a beat to a pro's career. Like how many guys get drafted and then get sent back down to the, get sent back to the AHL. I finished the full year and, and I did the playoffs too. I'm playing a little difficulty because I, I want to dominate. I want to win, right? No. And these are like the challenges you get in game. All right. We need a goal, Adam. Let's go. And it's either put on pressure so yeah. we can play well or score. Is it. That's the only <laughs> thing you're ever going to get. It is disastrous. And like interaction with players. The only player I got to interact with all year was Nick Suzuki. And he wanted to go to the museum or to like the Liberty Bell. I'm like, I'm gonna be a good teammate. It's like the second season, like Montreal traded everyone. Like Weber is gone. Like the only guys who are still around is Domi, who they gave 14 million dollars to because he was That's my not accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not accurate. Like Edno, like like seriously, everyone, Kakinemi, Dino, Gallagher, everyone was gone. I was like, what the hell just happened? And it's like in GM mode. I, there's a glitch sometimes when you're trying to edit lines because you have to do it a lot because of injuries, right? Like, I lost half my defensive core. And, like, it was a glitch where, like, it, would, it made me have to do, like, perfect, like, best lines. And even when you do it, it still glitches and you have to restart the mode. And contracts are still not fixed for Fiat Pro. So two teams offered me, by the way, it's only a one-year deal instead of the three ELC, right? Two teams gave me a deal. The Canadians and the Oilers, because we had, funny, we had just beaten the Oilers in the final. So that was really, really funny. Um, 
Eighties throwback. Like, you add these nice things. Yeah. Like the presentation is amazing, right? And um, I don't want Alex. I don't want to spoil this for you. Um, or That's do you okay. mind if I spoil what happens when you win the Stanley Cup? Go ahead. Like normally the captain goes up. Your beer pro finally gets to go up and lift the cup, even if you're not the captain. Sorry, I just smacked that. And it's like this is wicked. Even though I gave the the, the cup to Adam McQuaid for Carey Price, I was like, what the hell is happening here? And man. It's just ah, it, it's terrible. It's just oh, it just it hurts. It really does hurt because you want to like it. They've made all these changes, but there's still just so many, so many glaring holes. And it feels like these features should have been implemented three, four years ago, and we should be building and building and building. Yeah. But it, it's just I'm actually at the point where next year I'm not gonna buy it till it goes on sale for Black Friday or something. I'm really at that point now. All right, so. What price point would you guys give this game? For example, if you are recommending it to a friend, you know, maybe a friend on this show right now that doesn't buy games brand new or, you know, at the, you know, the launch price, what is your price point that he should wait? Here's the thing is like the gameplay itself isn't the war, isn't that bad. Like, I think, I mean, I don't know who the hell's pulling off lacrosse style goals because it's like freaking impossible to just do in gameplay motion but i can barely do a, like the toe drag yeah um but like i think you know they added the whole thing about the the boards which i thought was really important because i used to do it all the time in 20 and it and it always sucked but this time it actually works quite well um you know it's just those the external modes like be a pro there's issues gm mode there's issues i haven't played a whole lot of hut yet Cause I played one game and I got murdered. I'm like, I'm done with this. So I'll go back to it eventually. Once like things kind of even themselves out. Um, but I don't, I don't even know what price point I'd put it at. Okay. Can I give you my, my, my own playing profile first and then you okay. can identify. So I don't play online too much unless it's with friends. Yeah. Um, I like GM mode a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually someone that likes playing it with someone beside me playing like one-on-one um so i guess more of a throwback nhl type of player and i like be a pro so if you factor those in what is my price point don't spend more than 50 dollars on the game okay that's all i would say like don't spend more than that that's like if you're like like daniel let me let me say this to you if you're just playing for a bit more of a revamped be like be a pro mode like there's a step up. Like there is like no question there is an advancement in this game. Just don't get your hopes up too much. And yeah, don't pay more than fifty dollars. Okay. I'm saying that to the listeners as well. Right though. I don't want to make you too sad, Daniel. So I think it's time to talk about a segment that will for sure make you happy. The mm-hmm. World Juniors. We have the schedule out. It starts in Christmas. It's gonna be in Edmonton. The bubble system that the NHL had will be adopted. I'm assuming it's, it, you should like mirror it in the Edmonton layout, of course. Um, yeah. We'll have a more in-depth episode where we're really, really going to maybe look at the rosters later on down the, the, um, the road. Sorry, my mouth's starting to feel really weird. Okay. So what's interesting here, guys, and what's going to catch a lot of headlines is we have a sort of 2005 repeat. Now, it doesn't take long when we talk about the World Juniors to talk about 2005. Because of the lockout, all of a sudden, that World Junior team is godlike like bergeron is on there 
Crosby. I want to say, I want to say Getzlaff. Getzlaff and Perry, yeah. Getzlaff and Perry. Now, we could have that scenario this year, but you swap out a lockout for a pandemic. So, Lafreniere could go back. We all remember how good he was last year. Dylan Cousins, Cousins, I don't know. Caulfield could go back. Nick Robertson is eligible for it. Trevor Zegras is eligible for it. And you mean Kirby Doc Kirby and uh, Quinton Byfield? Now, before I throw it over to you guys, when we talk about more some maybe potential players, those are all amazing. This also gives the World Juniors a bit of spice that it feels like it's been missing for a couple of years. No, Daniel? Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, this is the kind of the first time where I think it's been more of the trend now where a lot of these top prospects just still they make the jump immediately. That now that when you have these concentration now, it's and the way kind of the systems have developed all over the world that it's actually going to be a best on best junior tournament. And, you know, like for us that kind of missed out on the Olympics in 2018 with that Olympic team, you know, it's, you know, this is probably the next big thing, especially when we're not going to get the World Cup of Hockey again. Uh, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Uh, Alex, it's like a pumpkin spiced World Junior. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Maybe for me, I guess, because I, I do enjoy watching the World Juniors just to see what the next crop of guys looks like. Uh, but as a as a Leafs fan, there are uh, quite a few guys who could uh, potentially hit the ice. So I'm excited to see what those guys look like against their peers. Mm-hmm. So Alex is going for Russia. There's actually quite a few guys on Finland, man. Like, yeah. Um, I was just going through earlier. There's um, Kali Lupinen, uh, Miko uh, Kokonen, and then the, there's a guy they. You sound like a Decepticon. <laughs> and there's another guy they have roni i hear oh am i oh can you hear me alex you know you're you're cutting out when you started listing names you turned into oh, megatron how about now and then your, your video froze am i still it's frozen still freezing a bit okay someone else go okay you're fully frozen now you're fully frozen oh now you're moving. just someone else go don't worry daniel give me some names who who do you Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. No. No. We're we're we we are talking. Um. Daniel, give me some names. We talk. I I I teased a bit, but I think you're going to be a lot more, you know, knowledgeable for this. Especially like like Canada, the the states. Who are some names that could be you know could surprise us? Like, well, what do you mean Canada's going to have this guy? What? They're so good. I think it's like you've already said it. Like Alexis Lafreniere. Like the fact that he could probably come back for a third tournament is pretty amazing. He already dominated the last year. Um. You know, Quinton Byfield, you know, this is going to be these high profile type of tournaments that these guys could really excel in before. And, you know, they could still make the jump to the NHL, like depending on when they start. And I remember the trend in past tournaments that has been top picks that have disappointed to a certain extent have been the ones that get sent back for this tournament. But, you know, that's not the case this year. Like one example I remember was... Dylan Strom ended up playing like three real juniors because he kept getting sent down by the Coyotes. And, you know, it's not like that this year. This year it's just going to be a bunch of guys that could return that, you know, they have that gold medal pedigree, but they have so many of these top prospects, they're going to make it. Um, The one thing that is kind of going to be weird is that 
I don't know how they're going to select the team, to be honest, based on like, it's going to be based on merit, based on how guys played last year, because the trend usually is they have an August summer orientation where they invite as many guys as they can who are potential guys. And then from there, they cut down the, the, the they cut down on the training camp um, as they go. I remember it would be used to be the real junior team versus the, the U sports all-stars. So that used to be a big thing that uh, would really assess like who are the guys who are going to make it. But now this year, like I I'm wondering like, how are you going to assess fit? How are you going to assess, you know, who, who really deserves to be on this team, to be honest, because it's just so stacked this year. No 17-year-olds. No, none of them are going to make it. Uh, Alex, are you – hello? Are you Yeah, still... uh, can you still hear me? Okay, yeah, I think you're back to normal. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess looking at – other than Canada, I think there's some other interesting teams out there. Um. Just I, – I think Canada and U.S. are – those those teams are going to be – quite interesting because i i do think that in my opinion it should be in the team's best interest to send them to the world juniors because i think for for those kids and maybe we don't not everyone sees it that way but i think for those kids it is competitive hockey Mm -hmm. um so that it's it's going to be quite interesting um in terms of uh guys that i for leafs at least there's actually quite a few. Um, obviously, there's uh, Rodion Amirov, who I, I hope plays well because he'll shut all those old people up. Um, <laughs> there's then, like I was saying before, Kali Lopin and Miko Kalkinen and um, Ronnie Hir- Ronnie Hirvinen, who are all f- from Finland. They sound Finnish. <laughs> yeah, and um, and then there's that goalie Arthur and I can't remember his name off the top of my head their fourth round goalie pick who's has now actually played a couple games in the khl so and and has looked in my opinion quite well from the highlights so there's a few guys out there i think it's gonna be very competitive askarov yes Uh, yeah askarov for russia as well is he i guess he is eligible yeah i don't know why he wouldn't be I'm I'm excited to look at the American team because Montreal had they've been drafting a lot of Americans like Luke Tuck will be there. Obviously, you, you hope to God Cole Caulfield has an amazing tournament because he's really disappointing and was not used well last year. And you also hope that along with him, you would hope Daniel that Zgrass and Caulfield actually get used together next tournament. Yeah, that's like gonna be the top, you know. That's gonna be the heartland of their offense. Um, these two guys that you know they they're familiar with the development program. They're familiar with the NCAA, and I think that's something that the U.S. definitely needs for them. Um, it's gonna be two guys that you know they could really come in and really like I don't know help the U.S. Like they're gonna really anger them. And when I think of like an anchor, I also think of like Spencer Knight, where it's a guy that. It's the same thing we talked about Yaroslav Askarov, where you just keep bringing these goalies back as much as they can because the experience is, is just so much better, especially when you know that these goaltenders like take so long to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. is going to be an interesting situation. I think we don't talk enough about their top prospects because, you know, Alex Turcotte could come in and he could completely dominate. Um, so I think the talent's all around there. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just really excited the fact that 
it's going to be so competitive on every team that we're not just going to because like a big thing I always kind of felt too ever since 2005 is that we say you know this is a great team but you know man like look at that guy playing in the NHL I wish that guy was there like I remember when Matt Duchesne and Ryan O'Reilly made the avalanche right away in 2009 2010 season I'm like man like Canada could really use those guys in that tournament <laughs> Hey, yeah. the Americans. Sorry, Johan. No, I was just going to say, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple teams who do keep their players back. Unfortunately. God, I hope, I hope not. Because, like, the season, because what, what the NHL want to start, like, January 1st, right? That's what around, around then. I think like, it probably pushed back. Don't be, don't be dicks. I, I <laughs> think, I think you know it, they will, but. I think there's one guy in particular who there's, if I'm the team, I don't think there's, there's no need to send him because he's already dominated and that's Alexis Lafreniere. But there is a guy who I think the team must know he wants to go back. He needs to, not necessarily like he needs to prove it to other people. I think maybe he wants to prove it to himself and Quinton Byfield, who let's be honest, didn't really have the best uh, world juniors last year. He got because what's weird about Byfield is he got the the he because oh, I hate how Canada do this. They have this thing of if they know they're gonna have a player back for a second year, the first year they'll have him on the fourth line. It's what they did to Lafreniere. So if they do get Byfield, my God, I they better give him a damn shot. But hey, Byfield, Lafreniere maybe, but he he's an option. You know he would be a god on that part of it. I remember enough. 2004, Sidney Crosby was the third line center because he was 16. Hey, no, we're not to question what they do, though, right? <laughs> hey, lots of great Canadian guys. Z-Grass, the Wisconsin nope. connection in Terracotta and Caulfield. Um, That's all the, the Leafs. Sorry, you said you you said Canada, so I I, just, I think oh, you no, meant so U.S. Imagine there's a visual comma there. Oh, okay. um, sorry. You know what I mean? Like all the stuff with Canada, the state should have some great players who really disappointed last year who are going to really want to come out. The Russians are always great. Finland are getting better and better. We, Sweden will win all their games until they get to the tournament stage and lose again because that's how Sweden works. Um, but hey, the World Juniors are going to be fantastic this year. And guys, I don't think any of us can wait another day, even though we have to wait like another two months. And and let's not forget, there's a defenseman, Jamie Drysdale. Mm. Coming back. Coming See, back, baby. Was, he got that treatment too, didn't he? He was like the yeah. 7D. And he came in for one game, I remember he was wicked. And it's like, man, just let Canada always does that. They, uh, they overvalue the 19 year olds. It's like they do, it's like they're run by Detroit. Um, you gotta groom, over groom your prospects. It's really funny you say that because it's like, think like when you link up Babcock and Holland, those are two of the most hockey Canada guys mm-hmm. because hockey Canada is such a damn boys club when you think about it. Like Martin Brodeur has been part of that. Like Sean Burke, what the hell are you guys doing? Uh, though we we what's wrong with Brodeur? Huh? What? What's wrong with Brodeur? Like he's just. Are you telling me there's no one? What has he done to run teams? But like running, running national teams aren't hard. Okay, who's leading the league and score that guy? 
You know, it was very difficult to pick Chris Kunitz. Okay, guys, very <laughs> difficult to say that. To yeah, pick Chris Kunitz. It's always those selections that always surprise you. I remember. Uh, I mean, he did pretty well eventually, but like Brendan Morrow on the 2010 team or Chris Draper on the 2006 team. Guys, let's be honest. All three of us could win a gold medal if we were running Canada. All right, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that. Like we could do it. No, no, I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that. I'm just making a joke about Chris Kunitz. Oh yeah. We should like we should do an episode where like we pick the German team or something or like Belarus. Uh, Tim Stutzel, Leon Dreisaitl. And that's it. You bring back Marco Sturm from retirement. Oh, Nico Sturm, I think. Right, Nico Sturm. They made it to the gold medal game. Not yeah. Yeah. Against Ilya and the Russians. Is that where Ilya Kovalchuk was on that team? Yeah. Or the Olympic athletes from Russia. Yeah. Or the Olympic 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 is that oh, the team? Yeah. Is that the team name? Is uh was he on that team? Yeah. yeah and they like were taking, they were taking pictures with him afterwards. Right. Pavel Datsuk and then Kirill Kaprasov. Oh, wow, damn it. Right. Okay, guys. Ah, there's a lot. Okay, I'm gonna. There was something. Do we want to wait and talk about Lion A next episode then? Because we were like, yo, he's still out there. I don't know why I want to talk about that. Nothing has changed. Okay. Ignore yeah, that. I don't okay. know why I mentioned it. All right. Okay. Um, Can I mention something before we move on? Because sure. I know we're going to bring up free agents right now. Yes. A major free agent has just come off the board earlier today. Okay. Mm. Is it really? Are yeah, you, yeah. Pulling our legs here was this actually a big name? It's a huge. You- it's an absolute banger of a name. Chris Russell has re-signed with the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> oh my God! Someone call. I don't know. Do we know any Edmonton fans? Call them. Tell them. Spread the news. I mean, okay, guys. All right. Um, that's it. What- that's all I wanted to say. If you want to see the disappointment on my face, check out the YouTube channel. <laughs> also, to see Alex's freaking grin. Uh, um, touche. And look at Daniel because it looks like there's daylight in his because his lighting is so good. Ignore oh, my, thank you. My garbage one because my lamp broke. Out of frustration over the Chris Russell signing. I'm I don't kidding. know what happened. I was just fixing it. Anyway. Is it same feelings of NHL 21 or similar? See, here's the thing. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for breaking this lamp because it is the third one since Christmas I've broken. Oh, it's officially broken. So you don't love lamp? No. What? No, that's just brick tame wind. Get... Okay. It's okay. Don't worry. Okay. Lots of free agents are still out there. Travis Hamnick is yeah. still out there. Hassel yeah. Hoffman is still out there. And what's really funny at the same time is this: there's like four teams that are still over the cap. But I, I, think, yeah. I mean, I don't know which one of you put this on the dock. Uh, it wasn't me, so uh, I'm gonna Daniel, guess it was Daniel. Daniel has put half the content for today's show up because I was texting you guys yesterday like we have nothing. <laughs> we have Chicago, and that's it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Daniel. Yes. Because my mouth, because I've been screaming like an idiot for an hour and a half. My mouth's kind of hurting, so mm-hmm. do you want to take it away here? All right, yeah, I think. Segment, so. All righty then. All right. And then Alex, you can take over for your least. Don't worry, I'm not gonna. I'm not leaving. I'm just like 
Oh, no problem. I was, I was a big idiot with my mouth. It's okay. This is a casual it. episode. It's okay. You know? It's okay. Yeah, it's we, okay. We'll pass the baton whenever we need to. We do it physically on the on the I'm camera. To find something Pokemon in my room. No, oh. the, the pen what? is the baton. Oh, the pens. All right, thank you. Oh wait, no oh, wait. You can do that again. Guys, I have my. All right, thank you. I got of, it. Yeah. I have a bunch of Pokemon games here. All right. Uh, I don't. Uh... What? Wow. What else is Great here? collection. Anyways, for the free uh, agents, yeah, um, I'm surprised at the amount of names that are still out there. Like, I really thought Mike Hoffman was gonna come on the first, like he was gonna sign somewhere on the first day. Like, is it something to do with, you know, his expected value, with something that he expected to get more in terms of term, in terms of, you know, cap hit? I I don't understand why is Mike Hoffman not signed, Alex. Um, you know, you make a good point. Um, I I think just before I talk about Mike Hoffman, I think what's happening here is all the tier one guys ended up signing, right? Krug, Hall, Petrangelo. Those are your tier one, tier one guys. And some of your tier two guys signed. And, and then a lot of tier three or three guys ended up signing. And I, I wonder if that's because they were just saying, okay, I'll take whatever I can get. And now we're stuck with all these tier two guys, essentially uh, like Mikhail Granlin, like Hoffman, like Vatanen, um, those guys who are now stuck without contracts and listen, they're going to get contracts at the end of the day. They're just not going to get contracts that they, that they were expecting. And I'm not entirely sure why, like, if I, to me, if I'm the agent and I'm looking at the, the economic climate of the NHL, like you have to know your your client is not Alex Petrangelo, Tori Krug, or Taylor Hall. Like even Taylor Hall took a one-year deal, right? It's like they're eventually, these guys are eventually going to sign. Like Hoffman and Duclair and Granlund and these guys aren't going to just sit on the market. Mm-hmm. This is not an NHL game. They're all no, going to sign in Boston. I mean, like, uh, let me just pull up here. Like, Remember we said 17 teams had to cut some type of uh, external salary in terms of coaches or whoever and, and whoever else. So that leaves teams with, again, uh, now their own internal budget. Like Buffalo has $13 million in cap space. Do you think they're signing anyone else? No, Probably they, not. It would look bad for them because of how much, um, how many staff they let go of too. Right. Like I, I'm just looking at the teams and looking at who is most likely willing to sp- spend money. And if I'm being honest, I don't see a whole lot of teams on this list. Like the Rangers are maybe a team who'd be willing to spend some money the blue jackets, but they have their own issue to deal with in Gavrikov and uh or no did Gavrikov sign? And Dubois. Either way, Luke Pierre Luke Dubois is the guy. Edmonton and Ottawa. I uh, sorry not Edmonton. Detroit and Ottawa. I don't see them spending any more money. Same with New Jersey. Like these guys are going to be forced to if they want to play, take mm-hmm. one year deals, probably. Like I don't see how many of these guys get big some type of term. One player I think that's probably going to have to do this, and I think he expected a longer-term deal, is Travis Halmanick because of the yeah. amount of time he took to not play because he kind of – when he opted out. 
Um, yeah. I think he's someone that I still really view him as a very valuable, like, you know, asset to a team where he could, he could be, I don't know, like I could see him going to the Bruins because of his style of play, but at the same time too, like he's not like a, an immediate Tory Krug type of, you know, fix there. I think he's someone that could be an addition if the Bruins address something else there. But then again, like I could see him taking a prove me contract because I think with how much time he's been away from the game, I think he needs to kind of rebuild his value. Same thing with Sammy Vatnin, a guy who got injured. I think he, I thought he was going to do well in Carolina, but now he's someone that I think is still going to be valued as a, a right-hand shot, an, off, an offensive defenseman, someone who could really complement your power play. You know what I think is going to happen here? I think the league to watch this year is going to be the SHL. Because I look at teams, and first of all, there's like six teams right now over, over the cap. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that have less than three million in cap room. And you also wonder, like Pittsburgh is supposed to be apparently an internal cap. They have less than two million in salary. And you wonder what teams are going to try and leave room for, like, let's say a, a free agency. It's not, not free agency, sorry, but the trade, trade deadline. deadline. And then and then you think, well, then town teams are just not going to do anything. Like, the the word of how, like, 90% of cap room has already been used. And there becomes a certain point in the offseason, I believe Eric Angles also mentioned this on the STP, that stuff stops happening. How many players are not going to sign, period? And are you going to have to leave the league for a year yeah. or two? How is it going to look next year as well? The year after that? Well, I think most of the top end of the tier two guys that we were talking about will end up signing. Like, I think there are teams who are in on Mike Hoffman. I think, I believe Boston was one. I believe Nashville was another. Um, so I think these guys are going to get deals. Now, there's a couple guys who pop into my head who I, I just don't think are going to end up with deals one being unfortunately Ilya Kovalchuk like I just don't think you know it seemed like he he had a spot in Montreal but things change man and I don't necessarily think his performance in Washington was that great that another team's gonna go out and pick him Um, that guy probably ends up back in Europe in my opinion Uh, Michael Grabner same as well like he said he's waiting for when things are clearer in terms of when they're gonna play I just and I understand, right? Like it's a, it's probably more of a family thing. And listen, that guy could probably go to Europe and get a contract anywhere he wants. But then how the issue is, is how long do these players wait before they go to Europe? Because you're all of Europe. I think with the exception of Germany is currently playing hockey, the SHL, the KHL and their minor leagues. Like these leagues are playing hockey, man. Like, Yes, they'll all be great additions, but how much sense does it make now halfway through the season for them to go? Mm-hmm. It's by the way, what do you what do you think life in Europe is like right now? <laughs> like that they, they got their depends on the country. Back. It's like I, I just wonder, said. like, what does it what does it look like to walk in downtown? You know, um, Gothenburg is that what the capital of Sweden is? Gothenburg, Gothenburg? I apologize. Stockholm? 
No, I swear it's like Gotham. It's not Stockholm. Listen, oh, it's still Stockholm. Like it's, it's not like COVID has disappeared in these countries. Like KHL, a team had how many cases? I think. Yeah, okay, it, it, yeah but Russia is like terrible. No, no, I understand, <laughs> but like. Really, I mean, though, it's like I wonder they're in a situation where they have a hockey league. Like they're in that. Right. Absolutely. But like, it's not like COVID's disappeared. Like, I still think all these leagues have strict precautions. And if I'm the NHL, again, I look at what those hockey leagues are doing and say, okay, like, how do we, how do we take that and bring it here? Uh, No, Mm. I I was going to ask him like, yeah, but the States, but I don't think we, we need to get into another argument. It was great until Alex Kalorn celebrated. Yeah, he well no, well Tampa was already crowded. Like Gothenburg yeah. is in Sweden. It's not no Stockholm's the capital. I'm just, oh. There's someone from Gothenburg, and it's annoying me. <laughs> and I thought it was Hedman, but no, he's from someplace I can't pronounce. Oh. It's it's ridiculous. Um, and Goth- is it Jakob Markstrom? Is it? it is we it talked about him a lot in this this show. That's true. Okay. You know what? I'll I'll find it out right now. But yeah, like I think there's going to be guys who Adam's right do go to Europe, and I mean it's going to be a league to watch. I know the KHL is on DAZN. I just don't want to pay extra for DAZN <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, how I, but yeah, like I I think there's going to be a group of tier three and the lower end of these quote unquote tier two guys who do end up in Europe. John Klingberg, Tim Heed, Christian Juice, Louis Erickson, Daniel Alfredson are all from Gothenburg. That's where we got it. You probably, you know, they probably see like Gothenburg. I'm not sure. trying to be. I'm trying. To, that was terrible. Oh, you <laughs> know okay. what else is a really big problem with NHL 21? By there the way, we go. Daniel, let's hear it. <laughs> so, I, I showed this to Alex, and when the roster update came, he confirmed that they hadn't changes. If you go and look at Keith Kincaid. His profile picture is not him. It's Henrik Lundqvist's brother. Oh, Joel Lundqvist? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, like, it's funny because the moment I saw it, I'm like, because obviously, like, Henrik, Lund- I like Lundqvist because he's, he's a good goalie and he's incredibly handsome, right? And, like, I knew he had a twin brother. And the moment I'm like, that's not Keith Kincaid. That is, that he's is, the th- he's the third brother. I had to do is- a double take. That is Henrik Lundqvist's brother. What's his rating, by the way, in the game, Keith Kincaid? Uh, 81. Oh, I don't even know. 81? 81. Again, another this guy. This goes to the NHL last year. Another guy they did not do their work on. What was Henrik Lundqvist? Arizona keep winning the division, too, in that game. And I'm like, what's going on here? And they don't – you know what else is dumb? They don't have the 1920 season. They don't have St- Tampa winning the cup in the book. They have the awards, though, right? In mind, well, the they awards do. are there, yeah, but it's just but, 1920 yeah. isn't there. I just, I, I, <laughs> you break um, the lamp again. I was gonna okay, we, we incorporated that. All right, so finally, yeah. we have like the Habs, they signed Ghoulie, that's all they've done. So, <laughs> so we get to focus on the Leafs for a little bit here. And um, I want to save the JT stuff for last because I just, I god, it's it's frustrating, even for like as a half fan, like guys, shut up, like. Like shut up, guys. Um, <laughs> though I think we gotta talk about the signing news here. Um, arbitration, it stops. Uh, it doesn't happen between the soup boy. That was kind of is yeah. it Mikheyev or Mikhaev? Mikheyev, I think. Mikheyev. Last episode, I was a little tired, so it uh, 
things weren't coming out of my milk. We just properly. said Ilya. I think we were all a bit. Yeah, the soup, the soupy, the, the cutie soupy boy. The soup Ilya. guy is not KM though. He has re-signed with the Leafs, and yeah. I, I want to get Alex your initial reaction because I know that we had a lot of discussions on and off the show about this guy, and it's uh, nice to see that they, they avoided arbitration because I can do damage on a relationship I, there. I was, I was, uh, it was very unfortunate he didn't go to arbitration because I had uh, reporting sports today, so I was hoping the news would break in the middle of class and just slide that in the chat. But unfortunately, it didn't. So I couldn't do that. But yeah, like I think, you know, I was thinking about what I was saying the last few episodes about Ilya McKayev, and maybe I was being a bit tough on him. I'm just, I think what I was trying to get across is what the arguments from the Leafs side of things was going to be in terms of, listen, like he wasn't, he wasn't invisible, but he wasn't as noticeable in the in those five games against the Blue Jackets as he necessarily was during those 39 regular season games. Now, he was on point. He was on pace for, I believe, around 50 points. Um, in 39 games, I believe he had 23 points. So I think for the two, I think it's very important that he got that second year. Mm-hmm. Because you don't really know what you have. Like, you know what you have, but you don't really know what you have because you only had 39 games of Ilya Mikheyev. Mm-hmm. Now, if he ends up being what he is, what he was for those 39 games, that number could potentially actually be a steal. Um, and then you have that second year under contract where, man, like, that's a better steal, uh, essentially. Whereas if you're on a one-year deal, you don't, you already don't know what you have uh, in Mikheyev, and you but you kind of do, but what if he doesn't perform? And then if he performs, then you have to pay him more next summer when Hyman and Anderson are up and now you're even in bigger cap issues. Mm-hmm. But so I think that second year was important. I want to pull up this tweet from uh, JD Bunkus. Cause I know I had just started listening to uh Leafs hour this morning or from this morning, comparing McKayev and Kapanen. Mikheyev at 1.65 over the next two years versus Kapanen at 3.2 is an absolute no-brainer. And I'll tell you why I absolutely agree with that. Ilya Mikheyev, or yeah, can play in the top six if you need him to play. When I I think we talked about it, the reason I thought that Dubas getting a first-round pick for Kapanen was so impressive is that on this team it felt impossible for him to really fit in the top six. So I think Ilan McKayev at 1.65 is, is great value. Now I'm now we got some guy in the comments and Anthony Stewart who got a little ratioed St. <laughs> Kapanen at 3.2 is better than Nylander at 6.9 with the ability to lock in truth one first number one right-handed defenseman. And I couldn't disagree more with that. But I'm not going to disrespect Anthony Stewart because I have a lo- I have respect for, for Anthony Stewart. There's guys I don't have respect for that I would ultimately trash. I, I just want to say is. Like, two things there. First yeah, of ahead. all, like, I, like, I like Anthony Stewart. I've been hard yeah. on the show, but yeah. I do like him. And I like yeah. a lot of the work he's done with junior hockey in that. 
you know, doing his own team, emphasizing the details. It's like, you know, he's a realist. He's like, you know what? Not everyone's going to be an NHL star, but if you yeah. can play the style of a guy like Zach Hyman, you know what? Guys, there's a real chance. I do genuinely like the guy. So do I. But it's like, and I, I mean this in the most respectful way possible. Sh- shut up about trading William Nylander. Shut up. Please. Please stop it. And second of all, I really hope that during the negotiations, I really, really hope that Ilya Mikheyev took a second and thought about, you know what? Um, when he got hurt and Kyle Dubas yeah. was with him at the hospital, I think that goes a long way. Um, like, that's a genuine person there. And I think it goes, like, I think that should stick with you. I think that should show, like, that's how this is a general man, a player's type of GM. Yeah. Right? I, I think, and, and again, like, everything there is to playing in Toronto with the facilities and all that, like, what helps them bring in these type of free agents and that? There's a human being and there's a heart there, which I, I think it, it, it goes miles, in my opinion. And, and and I and I believe he did say the report was that he did take a little bit less than originally what he was asking for. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I just that's how arbitration normally is. It's really just a, it's a tactic, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it, it happened with Galchenyuk in Montreal, and they got it sorted out right before. It's just it's different unless you're like Josh Anderson in Columbus and like Jacob Truba in Winnipeg. Um, but sorry, Daniel, you're thinking on Mikheyev, um, another Dan Milstein client, yeah. not a Russian guy, but like a nice affordable deal for the Leafs and a guy who can fit in the top six, play with Tavares yeah. and whatnot. I think just another, you know, you know, pat on the back for Kyle Dubas for getting this done, for getting him at that cap hit. Um, Daniel, I told you last episode, no pats on the back for Kyle Dubas. We're going to get attacked. Okay. 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 No pats on the back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's a guy where Alex said it perfectly. He's a guy that could fit in the top six if needed. He's someone that, despite the injury, has really proven himself to be part of this team. Um, he meshes really well, and I don't think that there's that expectation that you know we kind of put on Casper Kapan. I think the one thing we really had that expectation on him was the fact that. Do you remember when, like, when Nylander didn't sign, they had Kapanen on the Matthews line saying, right. hey, we don't need Nylander. We have Kapanen. This thing's going okay. But then yeah. when you kind of take him out of that, that's when he kind of regressed back into, like, what we think that he he, he is. And the improvement wasn't really there. I think with Mikheyev, like, there is a bit of that lower risk, you know, with that cap hit. There's a bit of this is a guy that could go to the bottom six. We don't have to have too much expectations on him and we're not paying him over 3 million to kind of just be a bottom six winger. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be a bottom six winger on this team. Yeah. You know, on the projection uh, side. Yeah. What, what Ilya brings to the team. Um, you know, he can, he can, he can play in the top six, Alex and Daniel. And um, you know, having that extra year, you know, it's good for the player and the team, you know, uncertain times and security for the player, millions of dollars. I mean, uh, I didn't know uh, Kyle Dubas was a Ryerson Rams yeah. alumni. I mean, go Rams. You know, there's actually a deep connection between Sioux St. Marie and I may have put my Kyle Dubas glasses on. I haven't done that in a while. No, you, you haven't. haven't. You didn't you talk haven't. about the numbers. Well, you know what? Sometimes with the way our team plays, I'm like, <laughs> right now, I'm like, you know what? 
I want to swear so badly, but I can't. Like, forget about the numbers for a second. And you know what? Don't tell me. I just me. want Wayne Simmons to punt someone in the face. I thought and he was going to bring up Cody Cece. I thought <laughs> I Adam GM Kyle Dubas, Cody Cece. I thought he played well for us. Stop it. And I think, guys, that Joss Leva would be a nice, solid addition to this team as well. Bring him back, Alex. Don't you agree? I know I put it in there, and then I've been thinking about it, and I just don't know necessarily where he fits. But I, I really do think if you put that guy in this team now, I think he'd be an interesting fit under Sheldon Keefe. It's unfortunate it didn't work out with Babs. Um, but it'd be an in- – I feel like in this market – that maybe he'd be a cost-effective guy. Um, but I think the bottom six just seems so tangled up now. Like you have – literally have VC, Simmons, Thornton, Spezza, Kerfoot, Engvall, Barabanov. That like that's eight guys. There's That's eight guys, and I feel like I'm uh, – oh, Robertson just going to try. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen this year, but – that's nine guys right there fighting for six spots. So maybe my Josh Levo thing was a little uh, over the top. Hey, we need talking points like badly right yeah. now. We're trying our best to stick to two episodes a week. Um, and I mean, do you guys have any more midterms? Uh, I just have one, but it's next week. Daniel? Um, I'm just a perpetual story days every day for me right now. <laughs> like, to be honest. I used to it. So, like, school-wise, we're not that bad. I don't know about you guys, but I don't have any exams. So, we're going to try and keep it going here. Um, I might get a bit sparse shorter episodes. Um, but Daniel, you might you go see? on random tangents on, on random things, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean... That's always fun. Yeah, I don't have my... T- I left my tie in Montreal, otherwise I'd put it on. It's okay. We'll wait for you. Just wait here and then just go get it. Daniel and I can fill the podcast times. Yeah. We'll take you, what, 12 hours? Yeah, why not? Um, All right. So, Daniel, do you have anything to say about Josh Lebo? Just a quick. I really liked him. Like, I I think I always have these types of stories, but I grew up in a way watching him on the Marlies. I remember um, it was funny. I went to this game. I think it was against the Rochester Americans, and it was 0-0 up until the shootout. And until like Josh Levo did this like wicked deke and he won it for the Marlies, but I remember that game. Like that was the only game I've ever gone to for a shootout, and it was one zero. You know what's funny? The first NHL game I ever went to, it was in uh, it was called the ACC at the time, now Scotiabank mm-hmm. Arena. Montreal were up two nothing, blew it, but they won in the shootout. Lars Eller got the shootout winning goal, had an assist, and was the first guy. Yeah. What was, what was your first play? game? Alex. Yeah, Alex. Alex, what was um, I remember who I don't remember what year it was. I want to say 2008. I'd have to double check with my dad, though. Um, we were sitting in the 300s. Uh, it was the Leafs versus the Blackhawks. And I remember that very vividly. Did they win? That I don't remember. Probably not, though. I don't think so. The first few years, every time I went to go see them, they lost. Can oh. I tell you my first Leafs game? Yeah, go ahead. It was the Leafs and the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. The Leafs, I remember they lost 6-1. <laughs> Andrew yeah. Raycroft was in it. Of course. Oh, his tweet the yeah. other day was yeah. amazing. Hey, at um, least he so, knows. Just to add more Leafs stuff here. 
when, yeah. that, that first game I went to, when, when the Leafs tied it up, I think I've told you guys, but just on the show, because I don't know if I have, Carlton the Bear was near me, and he came up and he patted me on the back to see if we were okay. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> who doesn't love polar bears? So, Carlton the Bear is a great guy. Was that when you became, when you knew you were no longer a boy, but you became a man? When I Carlton knew I the was Bear. A man. My joys of being a child left when PK Subban got traded. Uh, I realized it was like there's no joy. Um, Mine was when Paul Korea signed with the that, Avalanche. That dude is like partying in that, and I, I see like the stuff he's putting on. I'm like, man, that's not your circle. That's not mm-hmm. just you with Lindsay and your dogs. Um, but seriously, to end the show. Wait, quickly! I have a signing. Oh, okay. It's Go uh, Devin Shore, okay. Nick Shore's brother. Leafs cool. former player uh, to the Carolina Hurricanes 700k one year. That's it. I just I, want to say. I hate Carol. You know who had a really good draft? Carolina. Yeah. They had. Yeah, a they lot. did. They, they, oh, I hate. I hate how. I say I hate them, but then you watch them play, and you're like, I love these guys. Yeah. Right. Oh, Drew Shore, not Devin Shore. I don't know who Drew Shore is. This... I don't know. Think any anyone knows. Oh. I remember there's one Shore that the Ducks traded for Sonny Milano, but I can't remember which oh, Shore uh, it was. That was, I believe, that's um. Nick. I think no, that's, Nick. that's uh, Devin. I believe Devin? it was okay. Devin. Nick, Devin, Brendan Stahl. Yeah, it was Devin. It was Devin Shore. Okay, okay. I love how there's five names in hockey. Like seriously, in like twenty years, how many stalls are there gonna be? A lot, a lot of them. Who, who was the one that didn't make it? Jared. Yeah. Jared. 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 Jordan. Jared. Jordan. Eric. Mark. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, guys, I didn't think that. I don't know why I keep getting surprised by this, but when I look at the Leafs, and I, I, I think of anyone on the show, I was the happiest with the Joe Thornton signing, even though I, you know, don't want the Leafs to win because I root for another team. So that's not good. I can't. I mean, I, oh, I, I know. Sorry, sorry. I'm impartial, and I don't care. Let me just cover everything up yeah. behind me. You don't. This is a Leafs get, fans only podcast. Let me, let me, let me get my tattoo <laughs> removed. Um, <laughs> Though, like, I didn't think that bringing in Joe Thornton, a guy who, in all respect, had his captaincy stripped of him, was going to be a question of Jonathan Jer- Jonathan Tavares. And John Tavares is Jimothy, Jimothy. I just realized. I'm so sorry, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? <laughs> I was going to say Jimothy. I don't know if you've seen The Office. He goes, Jim, can I call you Jimothy? <laughs> By the way, I'm really sorry, Alex. I'd said I'd like let you handle this segment, but then I just... no. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. I'll I'll, I'll get my words in. Don't worry. Know, you know I that. Know. <laughs> I do. You know that. I have done over a hundred of these with you. Um, when I just didn't think that Joe Thornton coming in was going to be like I didn't know people were going to take it the route of John Tavares as a terrible leader and she'd be thrown to the wolves. It, 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 here's the thing. I'm not okay. I'll, I'll I love be... when okay. Get comfortable. I like when you say, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not, listen, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. Right? Like, I act surprised a little bit for the show. Like, listen, when Steve Simmons or whoever hell else says William Nylander should be traded, like, it's not a surprise to me. But I love overreacting to it. Like, what can I say? 
I prefer, I have the feeling we actually had this discussion on the show before, like in the middle of a season when they were talking about training William Nylander. But I don't understand why we have to, like, it's $700,000. Like, are you kidding me? Like, get a life. Honestly, if that's what you're complaining about, go get a life somewhere else. This is, it's a, like, it's a joke, man. It's a joke. The guy's making $700,000. He's probably going to play fourth line center. If that, if he's going to, he's not probably not going to be a consistent fourth line center every night because the schedule is going to be jam packed because they want to play 82 games in five months. I, what are you complaining about? What? I think, I think, like, ladies and gentlemen listening, I think this is, this is like, this is the Alex that I like when I go into a lecture hall and I'm like, Alex, how are you? And he's like, Adam, like, this is, this is the Alex that I really, really know. There's, Remember lecture halls? There is, oh God, do I? There's like, there's show Adam and then there's podcast Adam, you know, right? There's, there's Alex who is podcast Alex and there is like lecture hall Alex. And of course, when we come on the show, we try and sound as professional as possible, right? And it's like we we don't like we don't do that BS of being a character, right? Like we're ourselves, Sometimes. but like we will very much kind of like I think Alex is much more like straight line of like this is like how it actually kind of works, and I go off of a more like yeah, but heart and soul, you mm-hmm. know, like like Alex is like real thinking about it. And I'm like yeah, but Joe Thornton has a beard, and he'll be like yeah, he's a good fourth line presence. And when we just kind of heard it was like. That's like Alex, like just really genuine, being like, guys, like this is just dumb. You just be happy. Wait, think like, of like seen it because we've been doing the show for so long and we haven't been in school. It's like, it's like, oh, this. There was my journalism, Alex, friend. Again. I did like, it the other night too. I did yeah. it when we were talking with Mike. I go like, here's an idea: play Jeff Skinner with Jack Eichel. I don't know, like I'm not a NHL coach. I'm just some smartass in front of a microphone. Like that's what it is at the end of the day. But to literally complain about Joe, to say, first off, I don't understand where the criticism comes about Joe Thornton. He's going to, like, Steve Simmons made it seem to be like the guy's not an NHLer. Literally. A thousand assists. And he was still an effective player. Like, who do you think has been Kevin LeBanks? Like, a lot of the time, Kevin LeBanks is playing with Joe Thornton. <laughs> like, it, I, it's honestly, I, Fine, I'll take the William Nylander trade thing. You know what? That's that's your thing. I understand. This is just a load of baloney. It's very clear who's on who's uh um what's the word I'm looking for? Who's it's very clear who doesn't like Kyle Dubas and who's perfectly in like not perfectly in the middle, but more neutral than than biased. Like it's so clear. What was the three? What were the things that the, the the media said the Leafs need to do, including these guys who are bitching and complaining? More leadership. Go ahead. Tougher to play against. They need, you know, maybe that calming thingy in the room to help them, you know, lead them to the promised land. In yeah. Sort of way. You know, yeah, they needed uh, like veteran presence, someone who's been there before, um, face yeah. punchiness, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. They needed to play. Uh, they need guys that were tougher to play against. They needed a defenseman. And they needed to get rid of someone to fit everything together. They traded Kapanen for a first round pick. What did they say? Oh, 
you know, they could have done this. Name me one other team that would have gotten a third line winger for a first round pick. Tampa Bay, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. They got, um, who am I missing? They got TJ Brody. Oh, TJ Brody's like Jake Gardner. Honestly, get a life. And now it's Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian, um, who am I? Uh, Joe Thornton. Like, yes, Joe Thornton isn't that isn't Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian, uh, tough to play against, but he is a big body. He's a dad. What is it that you need Kyle Dubas to do to, to, not, I don't even want you to praise him. I don't even want praising because that's worse. I want you to say, you know what? This isn't that bad. How does he, you know what? How, how does he get a check mark in your box? Right. Kind of what you're, you know. I have the answer for you. I figured it out. Just, just quickly. Sorry, just because I'm looking at the clock and I realize, Daniel, you have to go in nine minutes. I yeah, mm-hmm. I'll be Do quick. Wanna, yeah, yeah, just, Daniel, go. Sorry, Daniel, go. Daniel. I feel bad because I'm looking at it. Like, oh, crap, you have to go. Is there anything you want to kind of put on this, put some whipped cream on this brownie on top of vanilla ice cream? I think at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to media, there's always going to be things that they try to make stories out of non-stories where you kind of view it in a way that how you kind of, how you view that you think that you're giving constructive criticism just doesn't really have any base. And you try to make something out of that. I think not just from a fan perspective, but, you know, from an, like being objective about it, I think that Haldubas really, in a way, kind of addressed what the Leafs wanted. And I'm not saying that, you know, he's at the promise line already. He has the cup. But I'm saying that he saw what the deficiencies were. He saw where the things kind of lagged. And he added it. Like, it is what it is. It's not like he – like, what do you do? Like, TJ Brody was your biggest spend. And I think that was a necessary spend. And then you go around and get these guys that – Again, Alex said, you know, the base is what a million, a million and a half, like seven hundred thousand. It's nothing that's, you know, it's low risk, high reward, and mm-hmm. I think the Leafs are in a lot of a, like they're in a better situation than by a by a mile than what they had against Columbus. So, yeah, I don't know where the criticism's coming now. So I think we just need to be happy, and I we need to kind of say we you know we like this team we like the composition of it and you know if people want to have their sour grapes they can so firstly to comment on what daniel said he is the team is not more skillful it is tougher to play against right so what it lost in skill they gained in tougher to play against that's my opinion and i think that's what the team needed i it's not constructive criticism. It's being an absolute baby. That's what it is. It's so clear. They, it word for word, like they literally did what you said to do and you're still complaining about it. There's one answer to what you want. They want. It's Tom Wilson. How many times have I said it on this show? There is one Tom Wilson and that is it. There is one guy in this league who will take your head off and and be productive. Now, Josh Anderson is a very close second, but still, there's no one who will murder someone like 
uh, Tom Wilson and be productive on the ice? No one. I, I don't have anything else to say about George Thornton, but quickly on the Tavares criticism. I think that's a, that's a BS move, honestly. Oh, you know, Duncan, you know, I don't necessarily think they need Duncan Keith, uh, you know, too much leadership. And once again, they also won with Kimo teaming in on that team who used to be a captain of the Nashville Predators in 2013. That's a good name. Who needs who needs a Dan Ochara? Too much leadership they, on that team. They have now they on top of what he brings, you now have the old guy who needs a cup. Which is all that's a recipe for success sure. success all the time. Is you need to get that uh you need to get that guy. What's another team? Let me uh pull this up. Like I I don't know what else to say, man. Like this is it's such a ridiculous idea that you know, they bring in a guy for $700,000. Number one, you complain about it, like get a life. And number two, it questions John Tavares' leadership. I've never heard a single human being ever say that there's too much leadership in a room. Like, yeah, if you look at past teams that have won, there's always been like multiple quote unquote captains on it. Like, again, if I use the Ducks as an example, like, Scott Niedermeyer didn't win it his first year with Anaheim, you know, 2006. And then they go out and get Chris Pronger and Brad May. And, like, Brad May used to be a captain of the Sabres. And it's kind of the same thing. You know what? The Lightning don't need Pat Maroon, right? Too much leadership in that room. You know, it's not worth it. They don't need Ryan McDonough. <laughs> oh, God. No, come on. They don't need – you know what? They should trade They should trade Braden. That's another reason you don't. You should trade Stamkos because yeah. you don't need the captain. You don't need the leadership. You know what? Just give it to Hedman. Ridiculous. Right, right guys. Oh, um, yeah. We'll end it here because Daniel needs to be gone in four minutes, and also we want to encourage him to not be late, even though he was on the call before me today. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Thank you as always for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, well, what do you mean? If you enjoyed it, you did enjoy it. Check out the YouTube portion, of course video see our beautiful faces um our good lighting the bad lighting all that type of stuff uh and then while you're on youtube subscribe to the channel um you know tell us who do you think is going to stand out of the world juniors this year uh subscribe to the show on itunes spotify anywhere you listen to the show we're on it also check out my youtube channel for half stuff blue check out alex's blog um check out everything everything daniel does period yeah on the Ryersonian. Check out the newest episode of 31 Thoughts, which Daniel freaking contributed to. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. You can say that because it's public. It's like public, right? Yeah. Like your, your name is on 31 Thoughts. Your name is in the description. And we are very proud of you for that, by the way. That is amazing. Um, voice said, thank you as always for being a great platform for the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next episode Yeah. where we'll talk about something. Well, we have a special guest. Oh, God, yeah. We have Harmon. I forgot. Yeah, Harmon Dial. Dial coming back to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. It'll be very cool. interesting. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a bloody big deal. Bloody big deal. <laughs> 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 right. Okay. Good.